Welcome. And hello to everybody here. And hello to everyone at Marley Hill, who I know is joining us at some point during this morning by the wonders of modern technology. And everybody who's usually watching online as well. Really, really great to be together this morning. Um, we are going to do something a little bit different today. Like David says, we're kind of just going to share a bit of a message about some things that we, we believe that God is speaking to us about on this um, last Sunday for us before we head off in sabbatical in June. We've got a family get-together down near Birmingham that's been in the diary for like the last year, so it's just the way it's worked out. Um, but we want to share some reflections and some impressions on what we are sensing and seeing as a community that God is doing, that Jesus is doing in our midst like, just that sentence in itself is just incredible, isn't it? That God of all creation is here in our midst, in our lives, in our communities, and he is doing some stuff. So we want to share, about, uh, share that really together. Uh, a few weeks ago, we looked, for those of you that were here, we looked at four C's that we uh, believe the Lord was asking us to take his hand and walk forward in. And those four C's, for those of you who, uh, who weren't here, there were community, compassion, creativity, and children. And we're passionate about leaning into those areas. And this week, you, you probably know, you may have seen that we launched the pop-up pantry. And 13 households came and joined this week. And there's been so much chatter across the community here on social media, just saying what an amazing thing it was, what a warm welcome people had, that they'll be back and that they saved money. And so that's what we, we're wanting to do. So we're like, yes, this is very exciting. So that happened this week. Um, Community Sundays are helping us to connect. I know there's dog walking, bike riding, coffee at the park, all sorts of things going on. Um, and that's really wonderful as well. Uh, our kids' teams and youth teams are steadily growing. People have come back. We've been able to um, restart all of the kids' ministry, which is absolutely amazing. And even today, there are new members on team checking it out and learning the ropes. There's always room for more. So while we're away on sabbatical, to come back to brimming kids' teams would be a very exciting thing. I'll just throw that one out there. And of course, creativity is just a hallmark of the church. We're seeing songs written, all sorts of um, creativity, but particularly around worship. Um, but as well as those four C's, we're seeing Jesus do some amazing things as he stirs our hearts to keep pressing on and to move forward. Um, we're going to be sending out an information email about us going away in sabbatical, but we felt that rather wait until September to share some more about where we're going. We thought we'd share before we went. Um, so today, together, we're going to look at five things that Jesus is doing and inviting us to step into in the coming weeks and in the coming months and even in the coming years. So the first one is presence and power. Matthew 18, 20 is amazing. For where two or three gather in my name, there I am with them. I was just out with the kids team and the youth team before we... Um, worship this morning we just together reflecting on that verse and the Holy Spirit has just just came just really brought this verse just it was just a beautiful moment of just being together remembering where two or three gather in my name I'm there with them and this is the reality that Jesus is present 
But we have been noticing times over the past um, few months where the his presence, the Holy Spirit, is kind of more tangible, visibly powerful. We're experiencing waves of his presence and intimacy with Jesus in, in just life-changing and beautiful ways. I sat with a lady in my office this week as she gave her life to Jesus and went away physically looking different. As the Holy Spirit brought her, we got to talk and pray, and she left, adopted a child of the king, a new beginning, born again. It was so exciting. But we're seeing that over and over. And we're seeing when we gather together and as we come to worship, we're seeing that the Holy Spirit is moving in different ways. Dave was speaking to someone last week who joked that they don't come to church before they've made sure they've packed some tissues because they just know they're going to cry because the power of God is here. And the same at Marley Hill. We're hearing these stories of the presence of God, his power and his presence. Revive last Sunday. I wasn't there, but I heard it was incredible. And Tom and John, rather than uh, carry on and uh, do a talk, they were like, we need to get out of the way of what the Holy Spirit is doing and pressed on and pressed in in worship. The Holy Spirit touching people's lives in incredibly powerful ways. This is what we're seeing. So our first reflection is that the Holy Spirit is moving more tangibly and powerfully. And the invitation to all of us is to steward that and to press in, to press in more and more. We pray that rather than decreasing or staying the same, that we would see an increase. We would see the increase of the Holy Spirit in our lives, that we would see more miracles because it's the presence and the power of God that is at the heart of all that we're doing. So firstly, we're invited to steward the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. Thank you. Do you know, it's funny how you notice little things about how different you are. So Nicola does her pages in the opposite way. So I always have my pages I haven't read on this side. So it's slightly messing with my head. Um, anyway, growth. <laughs> Gro- <laughs> growth. Um, um, back in September, we finally opened up our services more fully. Um, it was only nine months ago. It's been a funny old time, hasn't it? Time seems to be very different to what it was before the pandemic. Um, and so started the process of rebuilding teams and actually re ourselves to gathering in person like this. You know, it had been two years before, since we were able to do this and, um, and gather together for worship. Um, and the honest reflection has been, it's been a journey, hasn't it? Um, it's been a journey for all of us. We've all come at our own paces, all kind of felt more or less comfortable in these gathered environments, and we're all still probably at slightly different places. But it has been wonderful, like this, to gather, like they are doing at Marley Hill, like we do at Revive in the evenings, to gather together to worship and to hear from God's word and to pray for each other and experience the presence of God together. And, um, but wow, you know, when we actually look back over the last nine months, we have, we're actually blown away by what Jesus has done in our midst. Um, you know, the, the Bible says we, it's our job as leaders to plant, it's our job to water, but God brings the growth. It is Jesus who grows his church. Um, so it's my last Sunday, so I'm going to share a few stats. For those that you are new to the church, I'm a nerd and a geek, um, and I'm a scientist, so I like stats. So here we go. Um, if we continue at the same kind of 
attendance over the next couple of months, we will have grown 19% on our Sunday attendance in the last nine months. That's just amazing. But you know, that's not the amazing figure. That's exciting. But this is the bit that I don't think, I can't remember we have ever seen anything quite like this in 16 years of this church being planted. And that is, in the, since the start of 2022, we've seen 94 first-time visitors to the church across the three um, services. But what is even more wonderful, as much as we love to welcome new people, is that 63, we've had 63 returning visitors. So as people have come once and thought, actually, these guys are all right, I might come back. And, um, and so they've come back, and, and we're seeing this community grow the connections we're making, people beginning to find a home here at Life Vineyard Church. And so, for those of you who like the maths, that's five first-time visitors on average each Sunday and three returning visitors each Sunday. I, that's just so exciting. And what is also wonderful is many of those first-time visitors and those returning visitors are encountering Jesus. You know, that's what it's all about, isn't it? You know, that we gather together, not so we've got a larger crowd of people, but that more people might find themselves face-to-face with Jesus and encountering his love and his transforming power. So that is just so exciting. And we believe that, that Jesus is going to grow his church, that actually what we've witnessed in the last nine months is going to continue, that Jesus is going to keep bringing new people to the church. He's going to keep helping people find a home here at Life Vineyard, whichever site or service that might be, um, that we're going to just have to prepare ourselves for welcoming new people to this family. Jesus is going to keep bringing people. And so here's the invitation to us that we're sensing um, as leaders, and that is that we need to be ready and we need to be radically welcoming. We need to be radically welcoming. We need to be willing to make room for more. To make room for more. To have somebody sat on an empty chair next to you today who you've never met before next week. You know, we need to be willing and able and wanting that. And we need to be praying for that. You know, last time I looked, and it has been a few years, but last time I looked, the Northeast was the lowest church attendance in the UK. So there's plenty of people who need to find a home in a church, and we pray that Jesus will bring some of them to us, that we might love them and help them find a home and help them encounter Jesus. So there's a real practical invitation for you. Um, it was really lovely. I think there's already quite a few people joining the host teams, but if you're at Marley Hill here at Wall's End or um, you come to the service and revive in the evening, we'd love to see our host teams grow. Because you know, as new people come, we want somebody on the door to welcome them, somebody to help them to understand how to feel comfortable in our services, to introduce them to other people in the church. You know, we want our host teams to just be, just so help us to create that radical welcome. You know, we want to demonstrate just an incredible welcome. So if you want to be part of creating that radical welcome, then talk to Nicola and I for, over the next couple of weeks, or Mike or Jeff Caroline at Marley Hill, or Tom, you know, just get anybody basically, or email the office, and um, we'd love to get you on team and just help you to create that astonishing welcome that we want here at Life Vineyard Church. You know, so we have seen the tangible, powerful presence of Jesus, of his spirit in our midst, 
and we are seeing more people come in and finding a home here at Life in Your Church, which is wonderful. But thirdly, we're seeing salvations and, and people exploring faith. You know, it is always wonderful when new people come through the door. And we love that, and we want to help them find a home, as we've just said. We love it when the Holy Spirit moves in our midst, don't we? You know, I revived last Sunday night was just a privilege and a joy to be part of. But there's nothing quite like the joy that comes when we experience or, or see someone give their life to Jesus for the first time. You know, that is what it's all about. That's why we planted a church in 2006, so that we might create an environment where people could encounter Jesus and meet him for the first time. And in March, end of March, beginning of April, we baptized 12 people across the two locations, which was just wonderful. But in the last four weeks, we have had nine people make, well, no, not necessarily first time, but fully commit their lives to Jesus. Nine people. And, well, I think so. And, and what has been incredible is in the last week, that's been six. Six people have given their lives to Jesus. And we just want to pray more, Lord. More, Lord. You know, we want these seats, these empty seats and the balcony that we've just refurbed, ready to have more people up there to be full of people who are encountering Jesus for the first time. That's what we want. That's what we want to see. Sorry, just on that, just a practical thing. You know when you're talking to somebody about faith and they seem really interested, there's a question that I learned from someone years ago and I think it's so helpful. And that is to ask someone, have you ever known a time when you have fully surrendered your heart and your life to Jesus Christ and often I'll say no and then you can say do you want to do that and every time I've asked that question and the answer has been no I haven't done that do you want to do that now yes has like I think all I've always had the answer yes back which kind of shocks me so just I'll just throw that out there have you ever known a time where you've totally and utterly surrendered your heart to Jesus Christ do you want to do that now no, don't be sorry. That's great. Um, so, yeah, we, so there is going to be time. When we get back in September, we need to really explore how are we going to equip ourselves to do exactly what Nick does, and that is be ready to ask people that question and help them to encounter Jesus for the first time. But let's celebrate. You know, we've, we, in a way, we've been focusing on just trying to get back together, and yet in that, Jesus has just brought people who have surrendered their hearts to Jesus in our midst. Um, and we are so grateful to what he's doing in this church and through this church. Okay, so we are seeing the power and presence of Jesus increase. And we want to, the invitation is to press in for more. We're seeing just new people coming along all of the time. And the invitation is to create a radically welcoming church and make room for more people. And thirdly, we're seeing people come to know Jesus for the first time or recommitting their lives in a, in a really powerful way. And Jesus, we just want to pray for more and be ready for more. And fourthly, we just feel a sense that the Lord is reminding us of multiplication. So hopefully, bless you, these guys have had a, I've got a tough gig this morning on the media team. So there's three videos. <laughs> so hopefully going to show you a video. It's quite a long video, about 30 minutes. Um, but some of you will recognize these guys. These used to be on staff team. 
and then they've had an adventure for the last few years and ultimately planted a church in Darlington. So here we go. The journey of church planting is one of the most difficult things that we have ever done. But watching the faithfulness of God, watching people find their identity, building relationships with our community and starting to see those people who are outside of the church, start to see them build relationship with the church. You know, the reward of the hard, hard work that it is to plant a church is so worth it. When I was little, I went to Sunday school. That was generally the thing that you did at my age. And um, I went through Sunday school. As I got into high school, a teacher talked me out of my faith. And I basically decided that if I couldn't prove that God existed, then he didn't. And so then I went through university into a corporate career and started to climb the corporate ladder. Um, and 15 years into that career, I then met Phil. But we, we came together and um, Phil's youngest brother invited us to a dedication. And at the time, neither of us were interested in church. We were in the mountain rescue team. Everything was about going out in the hills and renovating a cottage that we had. And so we decided that with the duty to the family, we would go to the dedication. And that was at Leicester Vineyard. And as we were sitting there, uh, the guy who was preaching, we have no idea to this day what he said, but right at the end, both of us were in tears. And that was unusual for me to see Phil in tears, it has to be said. So I knew that there was something going on. And as we left that dedication, we looked at each other and said, what just happened? And decided at that point that we would then go and like take a look at maybe a church near us. So while we were at Leicester Vineyard on that dedication, somebody stood up in the ministry time and uh, she said, there's two people here and they really want to come forward for prayer, but they're too scared. And we both independently were thinking that, but we didn't know that until we'd left and we were chatting about it, did we? And so we were at Newcastle um, the next week, like Lisa was saying, and um, we walked into the church and this lady said to us, oh, um, are you here for the dedication? And we said, no, no, we've just come, uh, we're looking for a church. So we went through the service and it was really lovely to us. And at the end, um, Dave and Nick were, were chatting with us and um, they said, so why are you here today? All the small talk stuff. And um, we were explaining what happened in Leicester the week before and how we'd felt and how we felt compelled that we need to come to a church and explore uh, what all this um, God stuff, as we were calling it back then, was about. And this lady turned around to us and she said, it was you, wasn't it? And we said, what? She said, I was at Leicester Vineyard last week and I stood up and said, there's these two people who need prayer. Um, and she said, it was you two. And she'd come up to Tyneside Vineyard for her granddaughter's dedication the week after. So totally unknowingly, we'd been in Leicester Vineyard with her the week before and then ended up in Life or Tyneside Vineyard with her the week after. And then she felt God say it was us that that word was for. And so that just totally blew us away, didn't it? After leaving that day and uh, that lady saying, it was you, suddenly there was something that I thought, it's not just this person that's recognized me, but I really feel that God's recognized me. So from, from those early days and then being in, in Tyneside Vineyard at that time, uh, you in the, the corporate job, I had a business, and we felt the Lord calling us away from that and into serving full time in the church. And we didn't really know what that looked like. And we were at Cause to Live For. It had been 2010, 2011, something like that. And Jay Pathak was speaking. And the very first words on the Friday night that came out of his mouth, as far as I remember it, were, 
Um, I want to talk tonight to people who are feeling called um, but don't know what to do with that calling. I think we finished um, calls on the on a Saturday and by the Monday night we were sat in Dave and Nick's living room saying we really feel the Lord calling us to um, come and serve the church and to give a year of our time and to live off our savings and Lisa's redundancy money and just to see what the Lord uh, does with us as we follow you with your calling in your journey of church planting. When we decided to make Tyneside Vineyard our home, it was quite apparent that we were going to go all in and we felt God had spoken to us about living off my redundancy money as he'd stirred us out of our careers and that we were going to serve with the skills that we thought that we had in the church. I don't know if I can tell you specifically why it was Myanmar. All I know is that it just kept cropping up everywhere and the news bulletin would be about Myanmar and something I'd pick up about the Second World War would be about Myanmar. And I just felt the Lord was saying to us, it's Myanmar is where you guys are gonna go. When Phil felt that there was a strong calling overseas, I was fairly new into motherhood. Our daughter was only 18 months old. She didn't sleep. We were very tired all of the time and we were serving sort of full time in the church. And I really didn't think that that was for me. I didn't think that it was the right time, but through a lot of prophetic words and finding out that the organization that I was selling jewelry for was actually the same people that had just planted Yangon Vineyard in Myanmar, we then decided that actually I think God is leading us in this way. And so as well as having to lay down our careers, at this point we had to lay down the house that we've been renovating for six years, our country and our culture, and made the decision to go one way out to Myanmar and serve there. And so when we arrived there was, um, I think, one local staff and what we were really passionate about was training equipping our local staff to go out onto the ground and to start these community centres and start these churches. We went with very little money and we went with the blessing and the prayer of a lot of people. And so with that in mind, we took that step. Um, Elsie was only two and a half. Mm. Um, we had no idea how she was going to get into school. And so within the first six weeks, we'd been taken around the slum areas. A lady came to Yangon Vineyard and she said, what are you guys doing here? And we explained what we were doing and that we were looking for somewhere to school Elsie. And she said, oh, come to, come to my school, which we knew was an international school and we couldn't afford. And through that, she said, as long as you are doing God's work, I will provide a space for Elsie. Yeah, it was just one of the hardest places to work in those slums, wasn't it, with the, the effect that the poverty had on the families and the children, the times when we were stopped by the police on the side of the road, and there's so many stories we've got of problems we had, but just amazing watching how Jesus looked after us out there, how he provided for us, um, and the impact that we were able to have on our local staff, which in turn had on those multiple communities that were getting built in those slum areas. After three years, we trained 35 staff up. There was eight church plants around the outskirts of Yangon. There was the, the main church, Yangon Vineyard, in the middle. There just some incredible things going on in such awful, awful poverty. So as we got to the end of our second year in Myanmar, we just started to feel um, an unease that there was transition coming, but we didn't know what that looked like. And so we spoke to Lisa and Son, didn't we? And we said, look, we think that it, the Lord is doing something with us, but we don't really know what that is at the moment. And as we came out of that, we um, fasted for 21 days, didn't we? And again, we didn't feel the Lord in that 21 days speak to us about any sort of movement. And it was the day after we'd finished the fast, wasn't it? 
and um, it was early in the morning and um, Lisa was in the bathroom um, having a wash and she came out of the bathroom all of a sudden and she went, Phil, the Lord's called us to plant a church in Darlington. He's just given me the word Darlington and as I opened my mouth, um, church planting Darlington came out. She said, what do you think? And normally we um and we are of each other and oh, let's sit and pray. And I just said, yeah, that feels right. It really feels comfortable that this, this is what the Lord is speaking to us about. So when we realised that we were going to plant a church, I think we did everything to not plant the church. Um, but we approached the process, went through the discernment process, fully believing, I think, that we would kind of get through half of it and then realise church, church planting wasn't for us. And as we went through the process at each step, there was confirmation and there was encouragement and there were people speaking into our lives and the ones that were praying were giving us words that actually then brought all of that together. We resigned ourselves to the fact that we were going to plant a church and it was going to be in Darlington. And we then realised that everything that we had built as a life out there then needed to be folded back into a box. The trouble was, we didn't know how this was going to work because we no longer had a property, we had nowhere to live, we had now no belongings, 30 kilos each to get on the plane. It felt overwhelming, it felt exciting, it felt sad because we'd made friends with everybody that we'd been doing ministry with. And so this email came from a couple who was a retired Baptist minister, had been um, around the vineyard with his wife for a long time, and they'd said, you know, we've got a house on the market in Darlington, uh, we feel that we need to be part of a vineyard church, and we were about to move cities to be part of a vineyard church, but if you guys are really coming, we would love to be part of Darlington Vineyard. So we arrived back December 2018 from Myanmar and it was great that as we were getting ready to move from, from York where my parents lived and we'd housed ourselves into Darlington, knowing that there were people wanting to stay in Darlington as we planted the church. Because we were like, Lord, where are they going to come from? And then before we even got here, knowing there were people here was almost like a comfort blanket for us to some extent that the Lord was doing stuff behind the scenes already. We felt the Lord say the same thing that as we plant this church that we, we plant it full time and you know we've always done things through faith and obedience and we were looking for someone to hold um, a brunch meeting and so we were wandering through Darlington getting to know it a little bit and this would have been the May just before we planted in the June and we walked past the Mercure Hotel and we Oh, didn't even know it existed. So we wandered in, the events manager was free, and she was walking through the ballroom, wasn't she? She said, oh, this will be far too big for what you need for a brunch meeting. And we both felt that the Lord say, you book this for Sundays and I'll fill it. So we booked this at a thousand pounds a month before we'd even planted the church for September the 15th, sort of three, four months down the line. Um, committed to this thousand pounds a month. Uh, we had no money in the bank whatsoever, but we just felt the Lord saying, look, this is the thing to do. This is gonna bring people in. And so we went through that month of prayer, all the prophetic words that were given at that time. We started to um, meet as a small group on a Thursday evening as we went to July and August. We did walks, we did barbecues. Our, our, our neighbors thought we were crazy. They came to our, our opening barbecue and there was 35 people or so in our barbecue, weren't they? And they said to us, how do you know all these people? We don't, we don't know any of them. <laughs> They're all complete strangers. And by the time we got to um, going to Sundays on the 15th of September, uh, I think it was 15 of us. We had this huge ballroom, didn't we? Massive ballroom, you could see two, three hundred people in. 
<laughs> and it was 12, 15 of us in there, and we're like, we are going to go into Sundays, and we are going to go with the faith that we're going to fill this room, because this is what the Lord has said to us. And this feels really daft and really stupid, with the big projector at the front and all of our seats out. And as we went into Sundays, like, there's 12 of us, but we are going to do what the Lord has called us to, and come and meet corporately and to worship the Lord with the faith that he will fill this room. And as the church had been growing, um, this would be early 2020, our administration had outgrown our dining room table, um, things were just getting too much. And so we started to be on the, the lookout for an office space and we just couldn't find the right thing. We'd end up retrofitting and it, we knew it wouldn't work. And then the cafe um, came up for sale um, and Lisa found it and we hadn't been looking to buy something, we were looking to rent and we couldn't afford it. You know, it's a long story, but succinctly, um, a couple of people end up bidding for it for us, and now someone in the church leases it back to us. We know that being around people, being the church within the community, is a really powerful thing. And the whole time we were thinking, we need a place where people will come, where they will feel comfortable and not feel like they're kind of walking into something they don't understand and don't know. As senior leaders of a church, we've had more conversations in the cafe than we would ever have had with people had we booked in meeting after meeting after meeting. So in addition to the cafe, we've now got this amazing opportunity to have a property that's two doors down that's actually linked to the cafe. And we can move our Baby Basics ministry into there that's outgrown this building. We can have more people come into the building to be able to create more community space. And then also we'll fund it through a vintage shop, which is just going to be an incredible place. We can be a good employer and a great space for people to come and again blur the lines of church as people walk through the doors. You know, it's so right for what we're doing, the way the Lord is leading us. You know, there's that famous quote that we, we love, that the best way to plant churches is to evangelise, and the best way to evangelise is to plant churches. You know, and with these gaps throughout towns and cities across our country, it's so vital that we keep planting churches to reach this country. Would we do it all again, knowing what we know, and knowing the difficulties we've been through? Absolutely. At the drop of a hat, we would church plant again. Yes. Cool. So great to see what they are up to and how it's going. They played that video at the like the Vineyard National Leaders Gathering the other week, and it was just it, it was just so much fun for everyone to see what's going on in the northeast as well. For those of you who've been around for a number of years, you might remember we ages ago did three offerings. Uh, and we called them Making Room for More. And if you remember, we talked a lot about our vision to plant 10 sites in 10 years. We have a vision to be one church that is in multiple locations. And we were shooting for 10, 10 sites by 2027. And then the global pandemic hit. And a lot of you probably wondered... What's going on with that? Because you talked about it quite a lot a while ago. And um, we just want to say, as we've spoken in, in conversation as well, but that vision has not changed. We do believe that God has spoken to us about multiplication. And he's called us to be that church that multiplies, that is one church in many places, that plants independent churches, like down in Darlington, we were very much involved with that that plants sites, and also that plants sites and sends out sites that one day become independent vineyard churches. 
So we, we have to be a kind of leadership factory, a church that is open-handed and is always looking beyond what we see, looking to um, establish communities in towns and in cities that need to know the love of God and need to see a move of the Holy Spirit. So um, the feeling we have is that we have been blessed. We have been so blessed. And we are being asked by Jesus to give it away or at least be willing to give away what we have because we, are, we, we know the blessing and the goodness of God as a church. And this isn't just an us thing here. Nationally, as a movement, Vineyard Churches UK and Ireland, we're feeling that stirring around multiplication and to be a movement that multiplies across the UK. And we're really thrilled that uh, the Vineyard Churches um, as a whole has come up with this new pathway that's all about leadership. And I don't know if there's... Oh, there we go. Uh, And there are various kind of elements of this pathway around leadership and church planting and all sorts of things. And, And here is a a little video about that and then I'll just tell you a little bit more about what we're planning in September. The scriptures say that those who desire to be leaders desire a noble task. Perhaps that's you. Or maybe the idea of leading others frankly is terrifying to you. But you know in your soul that the Lord has called you to serve him in this way. The Leadership College is designed for people exactly like you. We want to help you as you step into the adventure that God is calling you to, as you pursue all that you have been made for, to press on with courage towards the goal that God has called you to. I know. Very intense. Um, so, uh, <laughs> but it's super exciting. There's going to be five locations, campuses around um, the UK, and we just have a vision as a movement to gather people together to train them, to m- help them to be really super effective at planting churches and sites and kind of transitions in senior leadership and all sorts. Um, it's just going to be so good. Um, from September, we will lead an, at one of the essentials courses here, but we'll give you more info about that after the summer. Um, But as we were watching that at the VLG and just reflecting on Phil and Lisa, so we would, Phil and Lisa were such a joy. They came to us as, um, they would say themselves, very rough diamonds, um, and we had the privilege of journeying with them for a number of years. We used to be called Tyneside Vineyard before we planted a site outside of Tyneside, and then it made no sense. So that's why we're now Life Vineyard Church. So they talked, that was, and it was just such a joy. And to see them go to Myanmar and then come back and do such a stunning job of planting the church, it just reminded us of, of what God has put in our hearts as a church, to be a church that plants churches and sites and communities. And so what we'd love to do is we'd love to, to kind of gather some people who feel called to explore leadership in a really significant way you know just really want to press in and get equipped and trained for something that they feel the Lord has called them to and so we would love in September to fill a car and send it down to Nottingham which is our nearest campus to to be to equip these people ready for multiplication um, I, there's a little verse um, remember this Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and whoever sows generously will always also reap generously. And we just feel 
this nudge of the Holy Spirit that we have to be willing to give it all away. We have to be willing to give what the Lord has placed in our hands um, so that other communities and other villages, towns and cities can have and experience the presence of God and a place to gather. So we want to be open-handed. And um, so I feel it's for all of us. I know it was only two months ago that we asked you to give for the joining with the Father offering. And so we might well be pushing our luck a little bit, but we are off for three months, so you can be grumpy with us in three months' time. And, um, but we just feel a sense, a nudge of the Spirit, that we need to give towards um, a training and fund for people to send them to Nottingham. And so what we'd love to invite you, the guys at Marley Hill, anybody watching online, those that aren't here, to do is consider, would you also give, on top of what you've given for the joining with the Father, £10,000 together so that we might send a car full to Nottingham, so that we might invest in multiplication. You know, multiplication will look like different things. It will look like sites. It will look like church plants. But it might also look like training up leaders who go and take over existing churches where the senior pastors are coming to retirement. It might look like people taking on significant ministry areas within this church. It could look like all sorts of things. But we believe that the Lord is inviting us to invest in multiplication. And I'm going to push my luck one last time. If you're here and, and this is home and um, you are yet to give regularly to the life of the church, then we really want to encourage you to give regularly. We just feel that as the Lord invites us into this next season, we're going to have to be prepared and have the resources to, to do all that God is asking us to do. Um, and so um, frequently there's a kind of giving pack on the back. Take it away. Pray what the Lord would have you give. Let's see if we can't invest financially through prayer and through kind of being willing to give away what the Lord has given us. You know, the title of this talk is Breaking Chains Through Multiplication. Um, tenuously, I will admit. Um, but um, as Phil and Lisa shared, you know, their story has been one about going to places and breaking chains, creating communities where, where lives are transformed. And that's what they're doing in Darlington. Um, and that's what we're seeing here. And that's what's happening at Marley Hill. And, um, and that's what we want to see more of. And Romans 10 says this. Anyone, believes in, anyone who believes in him will not be put to shame, for there is no difference between Jew and Gentile. The same Lord is Lord of all and richly blesses all who call on him. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then can anyone who calls on the name, how can, any, how can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one of whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet that bring good news. The best form of evangelism is church planting. That's what Phil says, and I couldn't agree more. So we've got some exciting news. Sorry, it's going to be a long one today, but we've got to make up for like three months' worth of talks in the morning. Um, so we had a wonderful time with... Mike and Joe, and as you know, some of Mike and Joe's story, um, they were in London, they felt the Lord call them to the northeast of England, we hooked up with them and they found a home at Life Vineyard, and they moved to South Shields, and they have a heart for a church in South Shields, 
that's what they want to see happen. And so this last few months, they've been planting a life group, which has grown to the point of which they cannot fit it in a house. So they're looking at cafes and all sorts of things. And we sat down and having praying and talking and chatting, we just thought, why are we not just putting a flag in the ground and saying, we want to launch Life in Your Church South Shields in September? Thanks, Tom. That's the response we were hoping. That's why we brought Tom over. Um, um, how exciting is this? And, um, and so it's going to look a little different to the way we've done it before. You know, in the past, we've had like 40, 50 people who have gone and started a Sunday morning. They're not going to do that. They're going to meet midweek. But we want to create a space for people to gather in South Shields with the aim of, as the, as the crowd grows, to then move to a more gathered environment like this. And... Um, in the midterm, they want to establish a vibrant site of Life Vineyard Church. But beyond that, as they become established and self-sufficient, they want to transition to becoming an independent church plant. And how exciting would that be for these guys to go through that journey and for us to be with them every step of the way and then just see them step into that autonomous leadership that they feel called to. And so from September, these guys are going to be going for it and we're going to be every step of the way with them. So we are blown away by what Jesus is doing. Who would have thought nine months ago when we came out of the pandemic that I would be stood up here, we would be stood up here telling you that we would be multiplying in September. But the Lord knew, and the Lord knew he would bring the people who would stand with them and stand with us and stand with all of us. And so we're super excited. In a minute, we're going to pray for them. You're also going to pray for us as we go on sabbatical. But I want to finish with one very short little thing. And I think this is the crucial bit. It might be the shortest, but it is the most important. And that is we just get a sense that the Lord is inviting us to more and more prayer and intercession. Every Monday morning, pretty much from the start of the pandemic, we have um, been having a Zoom call. Every Monday morning at 7 o'clock, you can come for 5 minutes, you can come for 10 minutes, you can come for the whole lot. We, want to, we create space to pray for this church, for this region, for the world, whatever the Lord, the Holy Spirit puts on our hearts. And Patty has led it amazingly. She just listens to the Holy Spirit, just so good. And, um, and so we, I want to press into that. And we're going to press into it in two ways. First of all, if you have a heart for prayer and intercession, let us know. If you're kind of a just pray and pray and you just love it, we would love to know. We'd love to build a team of prayer, prayers and intercessors for this church and for this region. And so if that's you, you can talk to Patty. If you don't know Patty, talk to John Paul. If you don't know talk, John Paul, talk to Jeff. If you don't know any of them, email the office or chat to us. But if you are a prayer and intercessor, we want to know so we can hook you up with each other and create a prayer and intercession group that will pray. The other thing we want to do is there's a little room up there which we probably can't show you at the moment because it's like, um, well, it's basically a workshop. But, um, but we want to turn it into a prayer space where there's a space that people can pray and just really call out to the Lord on behalf. And it's got all the windows all around in the tower. And it just is a wonderful space that we can see in all directions. And so we're going to press into that. And again, if you want to get, find out more, talk to John Paul, talk to Jeff, because we want to make that happen. Wow, okay, we are going to stop now. So we're seeing an increase in presence and power we're seeing the church grow. We're seeing people saved. We're about to multiply. 
and we need to pray. And now we're off on sabbatical. <laughs> but you know, the Lord is gracious. He's shown us what he's going to do. So we're going to rest. And as a church, we're going to kind of keep gathering, keep expecting. And then in September, we really feel the Lord is going to take us into a new season. So shall we pray?